Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your co-host, Keith Pompey, with my man, Divine Givens. What's up, D? How you been, bro? Doing good, man. Good to be back with you, as always, talking some Sixers hoops. Yeah, it's always great. It's always great. Well, look, I want you all to know, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. And I also want to thank you guys for making Locked On 76 or your first listening every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Also, I want you guys to know you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer and you can listen to my man D on 97.5 FM. So we got you guys covered. The podcast the online inquire.com the uh the newspaper and the radio so we're get, everywhere we're everywhere we're everywhere but d last night the 76ers won 116 and 114 in overtime over the last place orlando magic last place in the eastern conference <laughs> the, yeah the crazy part about it is it was something where you know what they did end up moving up to second place in the East. But it wasn't exactly a good victory, man. It wasn't a good victory. No, it's not how you drew it up. When you're looking at, and we'll get to this later, when you're looking at the front end of a back-to-back, Keith, where you have the Orlando Magic on Sunday, and then tonight they have the Denver Nuggets in a big matchup uh, tonight here in Philadelphia, you expected them to handle them a little bit easier. Now, look. Orlando is the scrappy team. Doc Rivers talked about it yesterday beforehand and afterwards where, you know, they are a scrappy team. They don't quit. George Niang spoke afterwards as well, talking about how this is a young team that's fighting for their NBA lives outside of the the top draft picks that are going to be their cornerstone players. They are led by a young head coach. They fight. They claw. They do everything. They play really hard. And in this one last night, Again, even with the, them doing, playing the way that they had played and winning their last two prior to last night, you expected the Sixers to handle them a little better. And part of their issue was it once again getting off to a slow start. Now, this, the Orlando Magic led 29-24 after the first period, but the Sixers shot 32% keys from the field, while the Magic shot 54.5% from the field, and the Sixers 3-4-11 from beyond. So... Right there, that doesn't help you at all. You can get to the free throw line as many times as you want, but when you shoot so poorly and allow the, the, the opposition to shoot as well as they did and not play defense well enough, you know, it's, you're going to dig yourself in a hole like they did in the first quarter and in the first half overall, uh, falling behind at the break, 59-47. They made it harder than it needed to be. It was a game where I wanted them to get off to a much better start because it has been a pattern for them having to climb back, knowing that you had a big game against a much better team than Denver Nuggets tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know what, me personally, I I, I, I felt like the output or the performance was kind of unacceptable, you know. Um, and, and I, you know, it is one of those things. I know it's one of 82, but it's starting to, and, and you know, I was on um, a radio show yesterday before the game, and I was basically saying, well, you know, that was one game. It was one game. Talking about, you know, the game that they played on Thursday. The Brooklyn game. The yeah, Brooklyn game. Yeah. But it comes a point in time where we start seeing this over and over again. And it's like, 
you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a sense of urgency, lack of sense of urgency, for whatever reason, but it's starting to become a trend. And it, it is, it and, is. And and they were extremely fortunate to be playing who they were playing. I mean, you look at that team down the stretch; they looked like a bunch of young boys who didn't know what they were doing. Some of the shot selections and and things like that. Now, granted, they were making some of those shots. But they weren't good shots, if you know what I mean, right? So, and you look at the Sixers, and they got to a point where, you know, uh, Matisse Seibel was 0 for 4, right? He had five fouls, right? Um, we all know that James Harden struggled. We, we, we all know that, you know, Joel Embiid didn't really have a good offensive shooting game, right? Tyrese Maxey struggled. I mean, it just looks like something's amiss with the Sixers right now. Right. Yeah, and I, I think that part of it, Keith, is as, as much as we praise them for those games that they played early on and they look so comfortable with each other, there's now, once again, something that's seeping into the team where, once again, it looks like they're now going in the opposite direction, still trying to figure each other out. Because I thought Tyrese Maxey, to your point, while he did take 10 shots, felt like he started deferring again to the other two stars and beating Harden. And the one thing that he wasn't doing for that stretch that we talked about where he was over 20-plus a night was to be aggressive, attack downhill, and trust within himself to be the player that we have seen from him for much of the season before James Harden got here. So I think to your point, they're starting to revert back to some of those things where you want to see the ball, again, snap around the perimeter where the passes are crisp. They keep finding everybody, and the assist numbers are up. Last night, they had 21 assists on 35 made baskets. Now, typically, that sounds like an okay assist-to-basket ratio, but we we watched it. We saw how it happened, where we're so accustomed to seeing the numbers much higher, the field goal makes much higher as well to go along with it. They shot 38% overall and 14 of 37 from deep. They have to find a way to get back in trusting each other. James Harden has to, again, trust his teammates to start snapping that ball around the perimeter where it's not a one-on-one type of situation. I'm going at I'm going at my defender. You wait, and once the ball gets to me, I have to make a quick decision. No. The way the offense was running prior to uh, the the uh, Brooklyn game, that's where I want to see this team get back to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with you with that. Now, luckily for them, Tobias Harris stepped up. But the one thing I am going to say is, I think a lot of Maxie's success is predicated off of Harden's success. Because once Harden becomes successful and Embiid is, is, is on fire, you know, it's one of those things where opportunities are a whole lot easier for him, right? Sure. And then you're right. Then, then like, there was, I mean, think about it. Harden didn't have any assists in the first half. None, right? It was more or less he was looking for his own shot, right? And it, But it wasn't yeah. falling. You know, him and Joel Embiid was doing the two-man game, a lot of standing around. So, you know, yeah, we, like and, and like you point, the ball wasn't swinging. So they have to get that swinging. And I think in order for them, like, because I figured it, I mean, not saying I figured it out, but I noticed on games when Harden struggles, Maxi doesn't really show much. It, it's just one of those things. It's, it's just like, okay, well, Harden's having a bad night. Well, let, 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 let's take this guy out too. You know, but but at the same time, Tobias Harris, he had a heck of a game, man. I mean, he had 26 points. He had, what, 
a, a, a huge three-pointer late. You know, he, huge, he, he, you know, he shot 10 for 18. He was three for five for threes. He had one block. You know, he had uh, uh, two assists, nine rebounds. I mean, just what stood out to you with Tobias' well, game? Yeah, I thought that. I thought that they went to him early. They they designed some things for him to, to get going, to get loose, and he did. He had seven points in the first quarter uh, along with Joel Embiid, and it was good to see him looking for you. He had the first five points overall. He's three for four from the floor in the seven minutes and 40 seconds, and I highlight that because in that Brooklyn game, if I'm not mistaken, he played a similar number as far as his minutes, but he didn't take a shot. So to get four shots in this one, to design some things early, and one of them being a three-pointer, I thought it was crucial for him to get off to the start for his own personal uh, confidence and uh, allow that to keep it rolling and kind of carry over from late in the Brooklyn game on Thursday, last Thursday to that one last night in Orlando because he got off to that start in the first quarter. He did it again in the second quarter with eight points. We was three for six in all 12 minutes of the second quarter. And he was phenomenal. Uh, it was good to see him because... Uh, when we talk about Maxi being so good early on with Harden and Embiid, it came at the expense of Tobias Harris not playing so well, trying to find his shots and find a find, trying to find out where he fits in best overall with the with the Sixers and specifically with those two guys as 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 well. So good to see him get back into it. Uh, Maxi struggled. It was one thing that we were waiting on. If Maxi struggles. And Tobias Harris step into that role and pick up the slack, and he did just that, Keith. And one of the things that I want to talk about, picking up the slack, as we speak about so much of this game and looking ahead to Tobias Harris a little bit more, I want to talk to everybody about Built Bar, Keith, because this is the time of the year that we get into the month of March, and many people kind of, especially with everything happening with the, the, the tournament time in college basketball, Keith, you start eating bad, man. You start eating wings and burgers and fries and nachos and all those things, and you get away from everything that you wanted to do in terms of your health and how you wanted to eat much, much better. And this time of year, you look at everything with Bilt Bar, and I got to tell you that I'm sticking to everything with my resolution as far as it goes with Bilt Bar. Now, I'm a smaller guy, but I've been trying to pack on some things so the protein helps there for me, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution when I look at it because I'm actually enjoying them. And I got to ask you, Keith, and others, have you tried the puffs? Keith, I know you have, so mm. I'll move on and talk to the people. If you haven't, folks, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's a big thing for me. I love chocolate. Puffs are my fan favorite right now. Some incredible flavors as well. Some yummy cinnamony. Huh? Churro. Coconut marshmallow. Keith, you can have that one. Banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs included 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. I need that. Replace your candy bars, which I normally love, but since I've discovered these built bars, they are much better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to Built Bar and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by what you see. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. When I'm getting ready to play some ball, Keith, 
that's also my substitute there. I play basketball in the morning typically, and when I get a chance to, I'll eat that as my substitute for something that I need on my body, and I'll go to work and afterwards, you know, get some more built bar when I'm done. I compare it to a candy bar, which I'm driving home, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Well, you know, this is much, much better. The built bar, again, at built bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and figure it out how to make it healthy. And they've done just that. And I don't know how, but they have. They pull it off every time. And listen, for the offer, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, once again, for 15% off at built.com. Yeah. It's nothing like Built Bar. I have to admit to that. But I want to thank you guys for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, D, I got to ask you a real question, bro. Like, seriously, I got to ask you this question. All right, what's on your mind? You know, James Harden, you know, I understand he had 26 points. He hit some shots in the fourth quarter, some in the overtime. But after going three for 17, he went five for 19 last night, right? Three for 17 against the Brooklyn Nets, and then he comes back with a, a, a five for 19 performance right yeah um, 8 of 36 is not a good shooting percentage no, no it's not no it's not are, are you a little concerned a little bit because we know that the one game that he did have off was the miami game and keith as you know that was termed as the management for his hamstring mm-hmm. to make sure everything was okay so i wonder and it's not to give an excuse but hey we saw it with the brooklyn nets and now potentially with the 76ers as well, are the ham, is that hamstring still bothering him? And then also in that Brooklyn game, we saw where the, the medical staff on the bench was massaging his calf or had his calf wrapped. I don't know if he needed a little bit of heat on it or whatever he needed. He needed some treatment, and he got it. I wonder how much that is bothering him. And then also uh, to the basketball part of it that we can see is him accustomed to certain calls. Now, he was getting those calls in the first few games from Minnesota all the way through Cleveland where he was getting to the foul line double digits. Minnesota 8 for 9, New York 10 for 10, 8 of 10 against the Knicks the the second time around, and then 11 for 12 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Chicago, he only got there six times, twice against Brooklyn, and he did get there 15 times last night against the Orlando Magic. However, you can see again where he's going into the teeth of the defense, expecting the contact and the call, got the contact he thought, but no call. How much of that is affecting him? How much of that hamstring or the calf is is limiting his lift off of the ground to get a better uh, shot opportunity and get the ball off the glass or a floater, whatever it is? It's a little concerning from that, but not, not much yet for me to be worried. I, as you mentioned, you were on with the National uh, radio uh, with the radio hit, and I too was on one after the Nets game last Friday after the game. And one of the questions that I was asked was, "Is the honeymoon over after that Brooklyn game?" And I was like, "No, it's not over yet. It's only the first loss that they've had with him in the lineup." And hey, the Brooklyn Nets came more prepared than the Seventy Sixers did. You don't like to see it, but it was what it was. And tonight you see it again. Last night, pardon me, you see it again. Now, how about tonight? Uh, I want to see if he plays tonight. We'll get to that later. 
I want to see how he performs with that defense on him, uh, with his lift, if he's favoring that, that leg with the calf and or the hamstring. Uh, I'll keep an eye on that for, for, for me and reserve my judgment just a little bit longer with 16 games remaining because they're going to need him at his absolute best, whatever percentage that is as far as his health goes. Right now, not as concerned as many, but you can certainly see the difference in the numbers in these games. Yeah, I'm a little concerned, and and, and the reason why I'm oh, saying, okay. yeah, okay. I am, because here's the deal. Like, the first two games, the first game he had five threes, second game he had three threes. First game was against uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The second game was against the New York Knicks, right? Then the third game, uh, I forget how many he had, maybe two. He was two for six yeah. in that next Knicks game. Yeah, from three. So, and then after that, all of a sudden, it just seems like, you know, he would make one or whatever, but it wasn't the same. And you look at that step back to tonight, it wasn't as crisp as it was the first two games. Or the first three three games, rather. Yeah, last you know night I mean? it looked like it was a little more flat. Yeah, it was flat. So, to me, it's one of those things where, and like you said, you know, you look over on the sidelines, you see him getting treatment. You look over, you, you know, you saw the one game. I think it was game his third game when he played the Knicks at home. He took, like, he was fouled when they called him for the offensive foul. And it just looked like he was, he bothered his hamstring a little bit. A couple of times you see him rubbing his hamstring or, or like, his knee or, thigh, you know, down that area. So, it, so it's kind of sort of like, uh, is it like, it's, it's a noticeable difference, man, right now. And now, who knows? He can snap out of it, but to yeah. me, it's a noticeable difference. You can tell that something is bothering him. And, I mean, yeah. like, you know, they talked about a maintenance day or what have you. But, yeah, like, you know what I mean? If, if it was that much of a – I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel as if that the James Harden I'm looking at right now, and perhaps it could change, but the James Harden I saw the last couple of days – Last couple of games is is different from the guy I saw in the beginning. Yeah, and these last two that we talk about, where he's shooting eight of thirty six from the floor, there's no excuse there. If you're out there, you play, and you give it your all. And to to your point, uh, you can't look at an eight eight of thirty six or a six of eighteen and, and say that there are any good things to take out of that. So uh, he can certainly snap out of it. Any, every player can snap out of it, and the Sixers certainly need him to snap out of it. Now, again, they're 6-1 and one in the games that he has played. However, you still need him to play much, much better. He still was able to assist the basketball. It's not his fault when guys miss for the most part because they're getting looks. He only had six assists last night against the Magic, uh, but he still ended up with 26. He found his way to the foul line. That may not happen against the good defensive teams like we'll potentially see with the Denver Nuggets or even later on in the week where they have some other tough matchups as well. So he has to find that footing again, even if it means taking less shots. He shot 19 times against Orlando, 17 against Brooklyn. Take some better quality shots. If you don't have to lift, if the hamstring is not allowing you to be yourself, the step-back threes may not be there. So we also saw a step-back two, which I thought was, you know what, Keith, if, if that is an issue with his health, that's a good shot. Because it's, it's in, it's closer, so he doesn't have to use his legs as much to get that lift in, or even to create that separation. It's much better in that 
in that intermediate area, in that mid-range area for him to do something like that and knock it down. Two points is two points uh, for this basketball team. Yes, you would like his three-pointers. Maybe they'll come in the form of a catch-and-shoot like we saw late in the game where it was in the overtime session to make it 109-107 catch-and-shoot from Embiid with that three-pointer to give them that two-point advantage in overtime. Maybe we'll see it in that form. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's hard to make, again, any excuses for him. I'll continue it to moderate. It's already bothering you, and I'm sure it's concerning for others. But for me, I'll, I'll continue to monitor it, and if it gets any worse over these next couple of games this week, then maybe I'll be where you are. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, not like I'm saying I'm panicking, but it's like to a point where, I, I don't know, I, I think like when you see a guy shooting the way he's shooting, it's not one of the things, in my opinion, where you're like, oh, it's just a bad game. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just... You know, this guy made eight threes in his in his first two games with the Sixers. Eight. You know what I mean? And then after that it just seems like his shot just been off. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. not I'm not hitting the panic button, but I, I there is a noticeable different difference in my opinion. You know what I mean? It's just Yeah. It's, it's just something noticeable and and you know, we'll we'll see what he can do, but it is just noticeable. But you know something else, y'all? It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is, in, is fully upon us. From the latest odds, contacts, and players' props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all, for all your sports bets, um, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for for all your sporting um, wagering info information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today and use your mobile device and learn more about trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts today. So I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Go on there and do it today. So my question to you, Dick, Right about now is, does Harden play tonight? Does MB play tonight against the Denver Nuggets? It's too big of a game for them not to. And right now, as you mentioned, Keith, in the standings, they are, and look, it's going to be this way for the remainder of the season. I understand that. But number one, it's a nationally televised game. Uh, we both know that the association <laughs> does not like uh, guys to star players, to the marquee players, to miss games, as as we know, uh, because of any reason. Now, this would, unless it's an injury to the hamstring or the calf of James Harden, uh, maintenance day, as you mentioned, is, is not going to fly. And the same for Joel Embiid, unless there's an injury, uh, it's not going to fly. So, to be perfectly honest with you, yes, I do think so. And once again, after seeing these last two performances against Brooklyn and Orlando, they need them out there. They need to continue to try to develop the chemistry that is that they're going to need desperately in the postseason playing against these other teams because uh, it's going to be tough in the East. So, yes, I do think both will play tonight since this is very early, obviously. I think they will both play tonight, and we'll see how they respond to playing the amount of minutes that they played last night were hardened. Uh, played a total last night of 44 minutes and 4 seconds. And Joel Embiid played 41 minutes and 17 seconds. So uh, a lot of minutes last night. 
uh, hard-fought game by the Orlando Magic, I expect the Sixers to have Harden and B tonight, yes. You know, to me, I think it will be, uh, I don't know, I think it will be very disappointing if, if MB, especially MB, doesn't play. Because you look at him and uh, Joker, Nikola Jokic, you know, they're arguably the two best centers, and well, they are the two best centers in the league. You know, both of these guys are, you know, and both depending on who you talk to, you know, if, if some people think that uh, the Joker, I'm going to call him Joker, some people think he's the MVP, a front runner. Others say Embiid is. Now, the funny thing is they played five times. Can you believe it that the Sixers won four of the five, four of those games? And, and Joe, if I remember correctly, the one that they lost was in Denver where he, he hit a tough shot or someone hit a tough shot from the left wing late in the game, if I remember correctly, where the Sixers, though, were up big. In that one, and eventually lost as part of their road trip. If I remember that yeah, one correctly, that's what it was. But look, look, listen to this, D. So in those games, um, Joel Embiid is averaging nineteen point eight points, eleven point two rebounds, three point two assists, one point two steals, and two point two blocks. Now the Joker in those games averaged twenty one point four points, eight point two rebounds, seven assists. 1.2 steals mm. and, and 0.8 block, right? So, so, they're not, games, so they're not far off. No, no. Uh-uh. Statistically, in their head-to-head matchups. No, nah, they're not. Like, like the first time they played, this is crazy. So the first time they played was on December the 30th, 2016. The Joker had 25 points and Bede had 23. The second time mm. they played and Bede had... Uh, 20 points, 13 rebounds. The Joker had 14-7, right? The third time, Embiid had 15-12. and 12. The Joker had 27-10. So he got the best of that one. The next one, Embiid had 19-5. The Joker had 26-10. The last time they played, Embiid had 22 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals, 1 block. Whereas the Joker had 15.7 rebounds, 11 assists, and one block. So yeah, these games, these guys been going at it, and uh, and no one is really. And look, outside of that, what 26 and 10 performance from Jokic against Embiid, they really haven't really bested each other, if you will, in in their individual matchups. And the most important thing, of course, is Embiid has the better record when they face off, but. Man, this that means tonight. I think tonight is going to be a monster one. They both have a crazy amount of respect for each other. And B spoke about it last week. I also heard Jokic speak about it post game after their last game against. I think it was against the Raptors, and he spoke about how how, how great Embiid is, how how much of a great player he is, and and all of that. So, man, tonight is going to be a blast. Yeah, it's a blast, but. What about Harton? Do you rest Harton tonight? I know you already nope. said you can't. Nope. You can't, right? No, you got to play him, man. Yeah, you got to play him. You need to go out there and you need to beat that basketball team. Just plain and simple. You, you need him out there. You need Maybe you watch his minutes a little bit. If, if things aren't going well, number one, with him overall on the floor, maybe watch his minutes a tad bit and maybe bust up the rotation of how, how you do things, Doc Rivers, I'm speaking of, overall. But for the most part, man, he has to be out there. This is a huge game for the Sixers. It's also a big game for the Denver Nuggets, who are in sixth place in the West. They need it, too. So in the event that you see this team later on in the NBA Finals, 
you want to be out there at your best as well. So uh, I would expect both of those players to play tonight against Denver. I, I do too, and I think it will be a bad look if they don't play. Like, I get it, and I understand they had the overtime game, this and that, but right now people want to win games, and this is the matchup that everybody wants to see. You know what I mean? People want to win, and this it is, is the matchup. So I think it will be a bad look if they didn't play. Man, listen. The matchup, of course, everyone's watching for is Embiid and Jokic. You didn't even mention the MVP stuff because that it stands alone. We know yeah. the, how important that is right now. Embiid is uh, – no, you did mention it. And, and Embiid is the front runner right now with Jokic being the one that's right behind him uh, in terms of the MVP voting for depending on where people are. Jokic has probably played better over the last week or so, but it doesn't mean that he has jumped Embiid in that, in that uh, award just yet. But tonight for a lot of people, you know, this is going to be an argument case for the fans for some of the assembled media around the country who have been standing up for both sides so both of them will be ready i hope that Embiid gives a better performance against Jokic than he did against the brooklyn nets because he got up for that nets game didn't play his best despite what his number said 27 plus uh double digit rebounds he didn't play well in my opinion overall in that game played hard but didn't play well enough Tonight, I think he wants to make a statement, not only that because Keith with the MVP, but also because of what you said in the past about the numbers just haven't been huge against Jokic in the past. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. I would also be disappointed, as you would be, if Harden and Embiid or either or set out the game tonight. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So that's it. But, hey, I, I want to – And, Keith, what? look, they're two and a half games – behind the Miami Heat, okay? They are tied with the Milwaukee Bucks and their percentage points ahead of the Bucks in the Eastern Conference standings, who have the Jazz later on tonight. So the, the Milwaukee Bucks on the West Coast trip, they have the Jazz uh, as well tonight. The Sixers need to win games. They can't afford to drop games. Chicago has Sacramento later on tonight as well, and the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets, they'll do their part in keeping their pace. The Lakers and the Raptors also play 10-30 tonight. The Sixers need to win games, Keith. They, even though it's a Western Conference team, they need to continue to add their win total, stay in the top three, and hopefully for them, maybe end up in the top three, potentially the number one overall seed in the East. Got to win games. need to be able to play your best players as well. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I think at this particular point, I think it's all about, I could be wrong, and I would like to talk more about this tomorrow with you, but I, I think at this point, it's more about matchups than it is seeding. You know what I'm saying? Like, you mess around and get the number one sure. seed, or you mess around and get the number two seed, and you got to play Brooklyn. That's not exactly a good matchup. You know what I mean? No, it's not. No, so, I understand. So, yeah. and right now, yeah. their matchup would be the Raptors, who have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Nets. And, that uh, it, man, we know that the, the play-in tournament has to play itself out, but right now, if it was just strictly one through eight, the Sixers would play the Raptors. Now, that's a tough team, too, with Nick Nurse and that championship pedigree that they have with Van Vliet, Siakam, and, and company. That, that would be a tough matchup as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear you. Um, maybe you would want to play Cleveland or Chicago <laughs> if, you, if you had your choice. I'm sure you would. Uh, but uh, they also need Ws. They can't. They can't just drop games just because of where they want to position themselves. But as I'm you said, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. I'm not saying drop them, but the thing is, is all more so matchup than seeding. Like, last enough. year, last year they had the number one seed and went out in the second round. 
You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah but we know why they lost that Atlanta series. Yeah, but yeah, but 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 he wasn't the only reason. But, oh, but he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't no. the only reason. But let, let me. I want to thank y'all for um, making Locked On Seventy Six or your first listen every day. Now make your second your second listen Locked On NBA with Locked On NBA experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So I want to thank you, D, and I want to thank y'all for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. Um, we'll have something after tonight's game for tomorrow. So look forward to talk chatting with you, D. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Always fun, man. And I hope we're chatting about a nice head-to-head matchup. And I want to thank you all for listening. Indeed, tell people where they can, like, and we talked about it in the beginning, but tell tell them where they can uh, reach you at or follow Yeah, you. well, they can follow me on Twitter at DevonG975. That's D-E-V-O-N-G-975. Uh, on 97.5 The Fanatic FM Radio in Philadelphia or 97.5TheFanatic.com if you're listening around the country. Uh, I begin at 6 o'clock. I'll lead you into Sixers basketball uh, tonight against the Orlando, pardon me, against the Denver Nuggets. And then I'll be on afterwards as well for the post-game show on the same station, same .com. And then, of course, back with Keith as we uh, get ready for uh, our next conversation with you all for this Denver Nuggets game. And you guys can follow, uh, where they can follow you on Twitter at 2D. Again, Devon G975. All right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. You can also follow me in the Philadelphia Inquirer and Inquirer.com. But I want to thank you all for listening and have a good one. Peace.